Obscuria. Welcome to Anthology Obscura. I'm Louie, and as always, I'm joined by Sam. Hello, hello, hello. And we're Chrysalis. No Chris in this episode. He's off, uh, he's off doing uh, <laughs> unknown things. I don't even know what Chris well, is doing. Jabroni. He is a jabroni. Chris, if you listen he's, to this, you're a jabroni. He's on adventures. He's on adventures. He's on assignment. He's he's yep. on assignment doing something. And yes, you hear a, a, a you do hear another voice. And we're joined by a guest, Mr. Mm-hmm. Manny Serrano, someone I've known for many moons, a very long time. Long. Yes, exa- too. entirely too long. <laughs> how, how long? Eighteen years now, or something like that. Uh, nineteen. My nineteen God. years. I don't even know. I know. Isn't that crazy, years. Sammy? Well, this yeah, this ja- this July is me and Lynn's twentieth anniversary, so it's nineteen Holy for shit. you. I know. Wow. Can you fucking believe that? <laughs> I remember flies. when you guys met because Louis was such a he was just a boy he, he came was. home and he was like oh hey I he met was an innocent, innocent met young the <laughs> what? and now everyone has wrinkles and grays so there you go <laughs> I don't have grays I have blues alright fine I'm there you go I'm more gray <laughs> I have a couple grays I have a couple grays in the beard on the sideburns here uh, but yes uh, we've known each other a very long time filmmaking both of us filmmakers started around the same time working on projects. We're not going to get into that because that's a whole other episode we can honestly do for three hours probably talking about. That's an about, entire show in and of itself. Yes, like exactly. And you know mini what? Miniseries. You know what? One day we might, just for fun, I might do it through Haunted Hangover just because I think it would be a fun conversation. And my sister Sam has also been involved in many yeah. of these projects. Yeah, I have. <laughs> so, we have tortured her many a time. Many oh. times. Yes, many times. But they're some of the best memories I have. I'll tell there you, you go. And the worst, right? <laughs> yeah. so, both ends of the spectrum. 12 hour, 12 hour days. Oh, no. 12 hour days, 24 hour days. There's been days where there's been no sleep. Uh, many, many projects. Um, and speaking of projects, before we jump into the, the main topic and what we're going to do. What a professional segue. I know. You, you saw that, right? You like that, mm-hmm. right? Look at that. You're getting good at this. Yeah. Been doing it for two years. I bet. You should now. have your own show. Yeah. <laughs> Man, if only someone would give me my own podcast. If only. <laughs> if only. Uh, but yes, speaking of which, and, and since this is an anthology-based show, we cover anthology television and film in the future, you have a new film. I that's do. that's anthology, and I and I want you to tell us a little bit about it and why you decided. There you go. I come I was, with props. <laughs> I was gonna I was gonna say the title, but I was like, you know what? Let me let you do it. But yes, t- tell us a little bit about dark <laughs> dark tales from Channel X. Tell dark us about tales from film. Channel X. Uh, tell us yes. about your film and and it's, and why you why you decided to go the route of anthology. Well, first off, I love anthologies. Um, yeah, Dark Tales for Channel X. It is an anthology, uh, and it is about a girl who is babysitting because, you know, you need a babysitter. Of course. Um, <laughs> she's babysitting. Yeah. And uh, she realizes that her cell phone is dead and her plug is broken. So she hunts through the house looking for a uh, charger and finds an old TV set in the basement. 
Very old, very old TV set. TV set turns itself on and begins showing her creepy movies. Hmm. That's your. That's the setup. I'm not going to introduce every single one of the films. Oh, but uh, I was hoping no, you'd go through every no, single one. That's, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Nope, let's not do How that. How many films are they in, in one, essentially? Uh, including the wraparound is eight. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. But it's only an hour, 13 minutes, so they're actually Oh, really they're quick. shorts. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yep, they're all very short. It's not a, you know, creep show epic. It's not, it's not two yeah. hours, two hours and 15 minutes no, of just no. storytelling? Okay. No, I uh, managed to I managed to shorten it this time. No more two and a half hour uh, slasher films for me. That's impressive. That's impressive. Uh, if I remember correctly, <laughs> Sam is in one of the segments, right? She is. There you go. Yes, <laughs> she is. She's, she's a bitchy friend. She is a bitchy, horrible friend in Beneath. Yes, she Which is. is so far from who I am. <laughs> <laughs> Sammy, how hard was that to uh, to pretend oh, to be man. this bitchy? I just had to really go for it on that <laughs> one, guys. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, it was I fun. Thought, <laughs> but yeah, I thought it would be great to have you on, Manny, because you know the main show is obviously Halloween based, and I'm sure I'll get you on that one too eventually. But I thought it'd be better for you to be on this because uh-huh. anthology is so important, yeah. especially the to film- you. It actually is technically takes place on Halloween, but mm-hmm. there's they don't actually say it, you know, okay. but there's like little pumpkins and Halloween decorations in the house. It's just I didn't want to make it too, too blatant because it's just, you know, <laughs> because there's a lot of that. There's a lot of anthologies on that take place on Halloween. So. Yes, there's a lot of th- films that take place, especially horror films on Halloween. Even mm-hmm. I'm trying to uh, get away from that, but it's it's hard. Can't to, contain uh, it. You can't help yourself. Can't help it. It's hard. It's hard to just <laughs> get away from Halloween. So got an entire yeah. show about it now. Uh, but yeah, so so let, let's 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 we'll, we'll talk more about that towards the end of the. Uh, we'll talk about your film towards the end of the episode and jump into what we're going to be talking about, and that's the Masters of Horror episode, Cigarette Burns. Now, let's talk a little bit about Masters of Horror because I feel like it's a very short-lived show. didn't last very long. You don't hear many people talk about it uh, these days, surprisingly. And I'm surprised they haven't tried to bring it back considering what kind of cult following it has. And a lot of people, you know, when it was on, were really into the show. And I remember you and I hanging out, Manny, and, you know, it was on TV. It was a brand new show (laughs) years ago. We did watch that together, didn't we? Yeah, I think we I'm 90% sure we watched a lot of these episodes. What, what was it together. on? What was it aired on? Showtime. Showtime. Okay. I, I vaguely yeah. remember watching it in high school. It's yeah. funny because when you when you had sent this over for the episode, I was like, have I, have I watched any of these shows? But once I, I put it on and I saw like the intro, I was like triggered. I was like, oh my God, I had so much nostalgia. So I definitely watched it when it was on TV with you. Yeah. You kind of put me the- on for it. I'm sure you probably you probably saw yeah. episodes because of me more than likely. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that kind of makes sense. And I vividly remember with Manny watching the deer with the deer woman episode. That deer season, woman. Mm-hmm. That's season two, though, if I remember correctly, not the first season. I might it be might wrong. Be. And it I remember watching Jennifer together, which is the Dario Argento yep. episode, which is which is one of the, one of my favorites personally, along with the one we're going to be talking about. Now, some details on Masters of Horror. Uh, basically, it was created by Mick Garris, who's a horror director writer he wrote hocus pocus which mm-hmm. is what i always remember him for and he directed a bunch of not Sleepwalkers very good yeah, psycho some not, four 
No, some yeah, good like, films, but also some yeah, not very good. The Stand, you know, The Shining, though. Come on, <laughs> The Shining. But yeah, I don't know if that was a great horrible, horrible <laughs> yes. TV version of. I hated that so uh, yeah, much. I'm oh not a God. fan of it either. That's why nope. I said he he directed nope. some pretty awful. He does. Uh, he's he's a hit or miss. He's hit or miss. He also Definitely. directed, I think, Critters too, which I do enjoy. Yes, I he did. Critter, yeah. So yep. Again, hit hit or hit or miss when it comes to stuff he's mm-hmm. directed. But again, he wrote. Hocus Pocus, which I think everyone enjoys and loves in some mm-hmm. way, especially if you're a fan mm-hmm. of Halloween. Yeah. Um, and the format of the show is basically a very well-known horror director directs a story per episode in, mm-hmm. obviously, again, anthology format. Every single episode is self-contained, telling one singular story. Now, I, I was reading online just for this episode, just some research, because I didn't even know this, but apparently Mick Garris orchestrated these, like, dinners with still does horror director. I did not know he, this. Yeah, he still does them every month or two, at like, at, sometimes at his house and sometimes at a, at a restaurant. Oh, uh, but cool. it, it, he's always called them the Masters of Horror Dinner, and uh, he's been oh. doing it 20, 20 years or so. And it's just all the friends, they all get together, whoever's around. Now, like, Eli Roth goes, Eli Roth's been going for, like, 15 years. Um uh, what's his name? Uh, Mike Flanagan goes there mm-hmm. now, you know. Uh, so it's just one of the. It's 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 a regular dinner. He just feels that like everybody works so much and everybody's always there, you know, all different places. It's a it's a it's a place and time that everybody can just get together and see each other. Whether they're in if if they're in town, they're available, and you and it could be anywhere from three or four people to like fifteen or twenty. Like if you Google Masters of Horror Dinner, McGarris, you'll see pictures of them. Like Guillermo del Toro sitting yeah. at the table next <laughs> to so like cool. next to Mick Garris and Wes Craven. Like and it's like Jesus Christ. That it's, would be an amazing room to just like sit. Yeah, in, just, just to be sit. A I've, <laughs> I've been. I went to. Um, uh, we went to we, uh, Larry Fessenden's Christmas party a couple of years in a row, and dude. <laughs> the people, the people that can be in and out, like, um, there was, I remember we were sitting, I was sitting in the living room, I sit in the living room and I'm talking to Brian Smith, who's one of the judges for New York City Horror. And there's a rumor going around the party, like a whisper, because fucking Fessenden's got one of those apartments in lower Manhattan. He's actually right across the street from Two Boots. Oh, okay. okay. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, he's got one of those apartments where the entire floor is his. Oh, you know? it's like a loft yeah. style. Yes, yeah. he's in one of those. So it's like this fucking apartment is bigger than our damn house. The amount of rooms, <laughs> the amount of space, it's crazy. He's doing and, well. <laughs> um, yeah, you know. Uh, and there's rumors going around about about who's and about who's, oh, there's somebody here. There's somebody here. Somebody, who's here? Mary Heron is here. Oh. I heard Mary Heron is here. We're like, wait, what? Yeah, Mary Heron just showed up. And about 15 minutes later, I finally saw Mary Heron. There were so many people in this That's place funny. just walking around that, like, there's rumors of who is here. <laughs> That's that's, you know, that's pretty funny story. <laughs> you know, sure. so the masters of horror thing is so this is like all this is like that. I think that's like that would be like New York indie horror. Like yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, what's his name? What's his name was there? Uh, I, I met um, shit. Oh god, I can't. I'd like uh, you know, Heather Buckley goes there clearly. Yeah. Uh, uh, Jen Wexler's always there. Uh, you know, um, 
your buddy Rigo is Rigo's always there. Rigo's always there, yeah. Rigo's he, always there. He's told me about um, it before. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I can't think of his guy. has got a really weird name. I met him a long time ago. Uh, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Yeah. It'll, it'll hit it'll me later on. And I'll just, yeah, and I'll just <laughs> shout it out. <laughs> just randomly shout something out. Uh, exactly. But it's, it's so, just but it's cool, one of those types yeah. of, it's one of those types of things where everybody gets together and it's, and it's kind of like, that's how they all got somewhere in their career a lot of the time. Like this yeah. is how Eli Roth has all those, how he does all these little cameos. Cause it's like, Oh, Hey, so yeah. Yeah. So Mick Garris just people. said, exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So Mick Garris was just like, Hey, let's do a dinner together. Let's do an anthology together. And like John Carpenter, so he cool. had to like beg to do it. Carpenter didn't want to do it. He didn't want to direct anymore. He was done. And, you know, then it's he read funny. the script and loved it. It's funny on the other, on the, the normal Haunted Hangover podcast, I'm sure I've mentioned it. Anytime you see John Carpenter in an interview or they're talking, mm-hmm. and I love John. John Carpenter's like one of my favorite directors. He always says like he doesn't want to be there unless he you doesn't. give him a nice check. Nope, you hand him doesn't. that check, he's like, I'm there. He's like, yeah, yeah, I'll write off any rights you want. I'll score your movie. I'll do whatever. Yep. You sign me that check, I'm there. Yeah. He he's doesn't like want to be on years set. Old. Yeah, he's 70 years old. I, you know, I, I, I get it, and I also don't get it, but whatever. That's John. He's, he's an old man. Whatever. It mm-hmm. is what it is. He's, he's, he's done his thing for many years, and, and I totally understand that maybe he's over. He wants to write his music, release his albums, go mm-hmm. on tour with his son and his, I think, godson or whatever. Write, score mm-hmm. horror films and keep it yeah. moving. Um, but yeah, one more little tidbit about the show Masters of Horror. Again, it was canceled after two seasons because Showtime had no interest in keeping it. They eventually were able to, Mick Garris was able to strike a deal with NBC and I think Lionsgate, if I remember correctly from what I read. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he created Fear Itself, which is basically the same show, a little neutered because it was on regular just you know, television broadcast. Yeah, there's not a lot of gore, (laughs) no profanity, no nudity, which was one of the most important aspects of Masters of Horror when it was on Showtime. So I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't remember Fear itself as well as I do Masters of Horror. That doesn't even sound familiar to me. It only lasted one season. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I have the DVD know. and I never finished it. <laughs> yeah. it was just they were just so like, oh. yeah, it's again, <laughs> neutered oh, versions God. of. Yeah. It was a neutered yeah. version of the main. We show. We went from friggin' Boring. cigarette burns and imprint to supernatural. You know, yeah, like, no. it wasn't. No boobies and no blood. Yeah, no. who wants that? <laughs> <laughs> the, the stories, thing- the stories were worse too. The budgets were lower. Like, yeah. you could, like you know, it wasn't. It just good. it wasn't. No. Now, all I remember is Brandon Routh, the guy that played Superman mm. once, was in an episode. That's basically all I remember about mm. that fear itself. That was like I his, don't remember which episode. I think, if I remember, I might be completely wrong, but I'm pretty sure he's in an episode of Fear Itself. But yeah, no one watched it. It got canceled, and surprisingly, they never brought it back. Because I feel like Mick Garris has had a bit of a resurgence. He has like a podcast. I know it's popular. I'll be honest; I've never listened to it, but I know it's. I think I think he's had the podcast longer than um, he's been doing the dinners. Oh, really? Like he's oh. been doing. Well, Mick Garris started before he started in film. He was a journalist. Yeah, he was a he started too, as a, a photographer too, right? and a journalist. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, in the seventies, so yeah. he's always interviewed people like yeah. regularly, you know. So. It's what? just one of those things. That's that's why you got everybody yeah. in sleep and sleep. Uh, yeah, sleepwalkers. everyone has a cameo in that movie. Yep. Yep. <laughs> sleepwalkers is a good movie. I, I haven't watched it in so long, but it is a good yeah. movie. And he seems like a good dude. Like anytime I've seen interviews, or like and him talking about, like he could tell he loves horror. He loves the genre. Mm-hmm. He appreciates it. He does. He respects it. You should so listen to the podcast. You like it. I have You'd to give it a listen. Really like it. As, this, as, uh, surprisingly, I haven't checked it out. I've seen it pop last, up. What's it? What's it called? Listened. 
Do you know what it's uh, called? I forgot. Uh, Postmortem with Mick Garris. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I listened. I listened to it fair, most. I listened to it most of the time. Last month they did. Uh, it was 30th anniversary of Sleepwalkers, oh, and wow. 20 and 20th anniversary of His Shining. Oh. And uh, well, whatever, whatever. <laughs> nonetheless, yeah. But but I was he did say his shining. Yes, his shining. <laughs> Got to make it make that clear. <laughs> make that very he, clear. Yeah, he did an episode where he interviewed. Um, the two of them from from Sleepwalkers. Oh, um, I forget it. I know who you're talking about. I, yeah, I can't think of their name. The, yeah. the lead, the two leads. Yeah, he talked. Yeah. He interviewed the two of them, and that was actually really, really cool to listen to. Hearing all the, the stories dude that turns that. into the cat monster thing. Mm-hmm. That guy, I forget that yep. actor's name. Yeah, I exactly. him and what's her name from Twin Peaks. Yeah, yeah, I, I forgot. I, oh, yeah, she's um, got a weird name. <laughs> the girl with the dark hair, right from Twin Peaks. Yes, I completely lost. Lost brain fart. Yeah, I'm not Completely. not there. I was on cigarette burns when I, when we signed on here. So, <laughs> yes, yeah, so we just it just turned into us talking about uh, Twin Peaks and Sleepwalkers for some reason. But yes, let's jump into cigarette burns uh, really quick. Uh, so so since you picked this episode, uh, before you go into the quick synopsis, uh, this was released on December fifteenth, two thousand and five. It's part of season one, episode eight. Again, obviously, directed by John Carpenter. Music by Cody Carpenter. Carpenter. His, his first, first job. Yeah, first time mm-hmm. as a composer, which oh, wow. I feel like John Carpenter now, everything he scores, Cody's right there with him. Um, fun fact, that's Adrian Barbeau. It's his mom. I don't know how many people know that. She looks. He looks yeah. just like Adrian Barbeau when you see pictures of him, funny mm-hmm. enough. He looks more like his mom than his father. Um, and it stars Norman Reedus. And Udo Kier. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm missing anyone else that I recognize, in all honesty. <laughs> that's that's um, in this. Anyone else? Really? There's, not, there's yeah. like three other people that they're not. Yeah. And there's one of them is covered in makeup, so you wouldn't even know. <laughs> but no. yeah, yeah. W- w- with that out of the way, Manny, hit us with the uh, episode synopsis. It's only going to get worse from you. What started? What's happening to me? <laughs> Are you my sweet man, Kirby? As soon as you start getting close to it... It gets inside you. Tell me where the film is. That's not what you want to know. You want to know if the stories about the film are true. I know what you want. You want to see the movie. Relax. Something happens when you point the camera at something terrible. The resulting film takes on power. Uh, Cigarette Burns, as you said, stars Norman Reedus. He plays Kirby. He's hired by Bellinger, who is Udo Kier. Uh, he hires him to find the lost print of a film called La Fa Absolute du Monde. And they say that title as many times <laughs> as is humanly possible. <laughs> they do. Like, I think oh if you turned God, it into if you turned it into a drinking game, you 10 minutes and hit the floor. Yeah. Unbelievable <laughs> how many times they say that. Um, so uh, the film, it's, uh, the film uh, La Fa Absolute du Monde has uh, only screened a handful of times. And each time it's screened, it has sent the audience into a mad, crazed, violent rampage. Uh, or made people crazy. Either way, it affects it affects everybody a little bit differently. Um, the film itself is also 
because uh, I want to not say it so many freaking times. So, <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> Demond uh, is directed by a man named Hans Bakovic, and it can t- Hans Bakovic kidnapped an angel and ripped its wings off, mm-hmm. cut its wings off, literally sawed its wings off on camera. Uh, so Kirby is hired by Bellinger and to globetrot uh, looking for this film for only $200,000. That seems very low. Yeah. Considering the fact that we're literally finding a film that drives people crazy, drives them to murder, and contains the murder of an angel. <laughs> that, I feel like... I feel like that's worth a little bit more, but anyway. I agree. So, yeah. So Kirby goes around looking for the film, and as he gets physically closer to the Damn, film, sorry, yeah. it's it starts to affect him, and he begins to see the cigarette burns in his mind as well. Like mm-hmm. crazy, crazy flashes. Mm-hmm. Because so. it's basically he's becoming a part of mm-hmm. the film. It's kind of their explanation yep. of it. It's like anyone who... I guess goes yep. near it or is involved because you don't have to necessarily yes. watch it. It's like just mm-hmm. be right. a part of it yep. and you end up being a part of the film. That part is really ambiguous. They never really go into yeah. into mm-hmm. that too much as to obviously it's supernatural. There's a goddamn angel <laughs> you right. know I mean? mm-hmm. involved. Right. Uh, but yeah, so so really quick, Manny, why why is this? Why did you pick this number one for for this show? And why is this your favorite of the Masters of Horror series? Well, I picked it because it's my favorite. But uh, I figured. <laughs> that's um, a little redundant. You're right. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> uh, it's my favorite style of horror is cursed objects. That's my favorite style of horror film, and this is a cursed object film. Mm-hmm. So uh, the film is a cursed. It is. Um, Cursed objects can, you know, Witchboard type, you know, Witchboard and all the Amityville sequels, yeah. but The Ninth Gate is a cursed object film. Oh, yeah. This mm-hmm. is basically The Ninth Gate with a film instead of a book. Yeah, right. for sure. It's basically, it's essentially the same story. Um, uh, hardcore could be considered yeah. almost a cursed object. It's not actually cursed, but it's <sighs> what the film represents in, in it mm-hmm. is is a curse to George C. Scott in the film. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and that eight millimeters, same thing. There's elements of eight millimeter in this as well. There's elements I of hardcore. I see a lot of that. I was going to yeah. say eight millimeter, yep. especially that yeah. one scene with mm-hmm. the dude with the oh leather mask. Oh my God. <laughs> that is totally, totally eight millimeter. 100% oh, like, there's a, there's Wait a so, second. There's so many. Mm-hmm. There's, there's, I mean, mm-hmm. more commonly known ones. Evil Dead. That's a curse yep. object. Yep. Yeah. Uh, the Ring. That's a curse object. It's a tape. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh man! Yeah, so there's, there's my, there, like list goes on. Can you but, see it? My I, witchboard I, replica back there. I got a <laughs> replica of the witchboard from the movie. Yeah, there's, there's um, it's crazy. I just I, th- those are things that you don't actually like think about when you're watching. When I when I'm watching a horror film, I don't really think about like what kind of horror am I watching here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's mostly just like, is it gonna scare me or not? I never think of like what what type of word genre, but curse objects. I guess I really like those too. Come to think of it, wrap my you head just around. never realized they were. Cursed I never realized. Yeah, I'm like, well, I do like these because <laughs> yeah. you like the ring a lot, even though you were scared I of them when you were a kid. Yeah. But like, it's a it's. I mean, that's a just object. like it is yeah. technically a cursed object, but that but that yeah that goes on. You, you yeah. want to know what I, I love about this episode uh, in general, and, and it's something I I don't even know if in 2005 it was a thing, but the whole lost media. Lost media being a thing mm-hmm. where it's like a film or TV show 
that a lot of people haven't seen. And even now, you know, we get a lot of creepypastas. It was like 30 pastas. years old at that point too, right? Yeah, yeah, at that like point. From like yeah, the film was, uh, I think it was supposed to be the 80s, right? Or if mm-hmm. I remember correctly. Uh, 70s. 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 Um, but yeah, the whole lost media thing where you have a film like Crybaby Lane, where mm-hmm. all it is is kind of a generic children's horror, family horror film that aired on Nickelodeon twice. And they said mm-hmm. it was too scary and never aired it again. Mm-hmm. And this whole legend was built around it. That's all complete horseshit. But yeah. people, you go on creepypasta websites and you see Polybius. people. Yeah, you see people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You see people that make up these like stories. I saw it once and 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 I couldn't watch it. The VHS broke. And yeah. then when you actually get to watch Crybaby Lane, it's the not VHS that great. Broke. Yeah, but it's saying it's not that good of an act. Like it's not that good. But Lost Media, you always hear about it. There's like a, a SpongeBob yeah. episode that no, like that's been oh. missing for 20 years. And, and you know, it's really Listen, dark. I, I, Red I, Mist. Red I spent Mist. a long time looking into that one. Because I am a huge SpongeBob fan. Yeah. But anything you can actually find on the internet is terrifying because someone made it. So I don't think that yeah. that was actually what the episode was. The one where like Squidward commits suicide or something. Sorry. Yes, 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 yes. That's off topic. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like that yeah. idea, that the concept of lost media and cursed. It's kind of like the curse object and lost media because in this mm-hmm. episode. No one, I'm not even going to try to say the name of the film because I'm going to butcher it. Absolute demand, and that's why. Fun, fun fact, Louis hates the like French language and the way French people talk. I so, hate that so damn French language, apparently. They, <laughs> it takes, it no, takes no, no. effort to speak, and he doesn't want to put in Every effort. time he like, hears people talking with French accents, he's like, oh, God, I don't like it. I don't Get like the way French is. Yeah. Listen, too, I hope so there's the no French listeners so of our much. podcast. No, you just lost the well, whole country, listen. buddy. Yeah, we lost the whole the country. I love the they, French The people. fact that they say it so much in the, in the, show, in the episode, I was like, oh, like, I can just imagine Louis being like, ah. Right, no. I don't, I don't. I don't hate French. <laughs> you're, you're making it sound like I don't like France. I just, the, the, the dialect, I'm just not a big fan of how the words are pronounced <laughs> and stuff like that. It's not my yeah. favorite, favorite, it's I guess, language. It's not your uh, favorite language. of the languages. It's not. I love Fra- I, French people, la, whatever, la they're cool. La they're cool. Yeah. They're cool. You know, it's, there's another, there actually is another film called Fury of the Demon. Have you ever seen that? No. It's a mock documentary and it's French. Uh-oh. <laughs> but it's actually uh, – it came out, I, I would say, maybe 10 years ago or so. Uh, and it's actually almost I, – I guarantee it's about this. They saw this and they wanted oh. to make their own. Fury of the Demon oh, is wow. about a fi- – yeah, it's about a film that uh, – it's about a film that suppose, I think came out in like the 20s or 30s or something and has driven every audience insane. Oh, they definitely oh, wow. watched this episode yes. and were inspired. Yes. So, so I haven't watched – um. I haven't watched any of the American Horror Stories anthology, but I was watching this episode with my boyfriend, and he said that there's an episode on there, on the American Horror Stories, that it is exactly wow like this. Really? It's called, yeah, it's called, and we can watch it and talk about it later, but I was like, damn, so they really, like, I, I don't know. Everyone's know ripping this off. <laughs> but but that was very recent. That was like last year, or the year before yeah, last, last year. year. And it's I think it's called Drive In, and everybody hmm. goes to watch this movie. Oh, from the anthology season. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I didn't watch that one at all. Neither and did it's, I. And a, I and gave up after the, the whole the circus. The the the, the whole um, no, it's the American Horror Stories the anthology. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one. Yeah. So the whole it's same same exact thing happened. He said he's like everybody goes crazy, starts killing each other. 
and the whole episode is about uh, this absurd film that fucked everybody up. And I was like, oh, that's kind of that's risky. I okay. guess everyone's. I guess it's an idea it's, that just inspired people, and you know. I mean, yeah, I guess yeah. It's an old idea. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. It's if you want to get you want to get real into it because <laughs> this is like an, I mean, everything's uh, been done well, technically before. How you yes, do it, I guess. Of course, no, of course. You know? But this specific thing, um, I, again, like I, I love cursed objects, so this is a thing for me. Um, have you ever heard of the King in Yellow? No. Mm-mm. Okay, uh, I have not watched this. Have you? I'm assuming you've both watched True Detective. Of course, yeah. <laughs> the first season, the King and the Yellow King, the yes, Yellow yes, King, the now Yellow I remember, King. Yeah. yeah. Okay, this all comes from a from late it's 1890s or so a guy wrote a book and the book was about a place called Carcosa and that's in True Detective as well mm-hmm. okay okay Carcosa is an island in the South Pacific or so maybe maybe South American like around that uh, Barbados type area I don't know I'm not quite sure where it is where it is but anyway the it, within the story it's about this island called Carcosa that is told by um anecdote Okay. So okay. in the story, it's always, oh, yes, I was there. Exactly what you said, that lost media. Oh, well, you know, my friend of mine saw it. And a friend mm. of mine was, so this, so that's where it comes from. And that, that inspired, uh, another, this, this book called, um, The King in Yellow. Okay. The King in Yellow is an anthology book. If you want to go anthology obscura, here we go. Okay. It's a book with, tw- uh, 10, 10 or 12 stories, but only the first four are connected. The, actual introduction to the book like in the first few pages where you know like a dedication it's this little poem and the poem mentions carcosa Mm. all right uh i don't have it all i obviously don't have it memorized but so the first four stories are about this play called the king in yellow and it's about the people who've experienced it and how the play people who've seen it go insane Ah. and supposedly it doesn't have a final act but no one knows because they've never made it that far. Okay. Oh, okay. So one person is somebody who experienced watching it be performed in a theater. One is somebody who read it. One of them is someone who refuses to read it, and it becomes part of him as well. Oh, okay. So this inspired Lovecraft to create the Cthulhu mythos, oh, okay. where it's okay. all indescribable things that you cannot see you cannot but it's there this is where all of this comes from the king in yellow is like a stand-in uh and carcosa it's a stand-in it's it's a metaphor for that evil thing it's a symbol or a sigil or a place a book a film um that can only be described by someone who may have seen it or i heard a story of this because anyone who has actually seen it does has not survived it yeah. And hasn't made it till the final act, you said. Yes, exactly. Um, so meeting someone who's just like in this, you have the one guy who was in the theater when they played it, Henri, the 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 friend, mm-hmm. the French friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has the burnt hand. He didn't actually watch it, but he was there. It still scarred him. It affected okay. him in some way. Yeah. Yes. So he couldn't tell you what was on the film, but it still hurt him. Mm-hmm. You know, this all goes back to the King in Yellow and the land of Carcosa. This That's is really this cool. is where this yeah. is where all of our modern this modern cosmic horror all kind of stems yeah. from this. That's you cool. know, and Edgar Allan Poe had some of it in there too. 
That's cool that there's just basically oh, these cool. stories are so old. <laughs> they mm-hmm. predate HP yep. Lovecraft. That's fuck that's yep. wild. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And and they're literally in things. Like I said, true detective is nothing yeah. like this, but they still use the yellow cane. Wow, and I never the, picked up on and that. Carcosa is yeah, is one of the locations in it. Yeah, I've never watched True Detective. Yeah, I've never watched True Detective, so I can't talk more about, like, the specifics, but I know it's in there. Yeah, the the first two seasons of True Detective are really good. I really enjoy them. I don't remember much about the third one. I did watch it, but I don't remember that. I'll be honest. Mm. Um, It was okay. The first two are better. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's cool that I guess that story's just kind of inspired so many different kind of just different horror movies and stories in general that it, 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 I guess, technically... They're not ripping off this. They're just kind of taking yeah. that basic concept and yeah, making it their exactly. own in a way with a film. Or, you know, what else is kind of like that? I don't know if you guys have watched it, but um, Dead Wax on Shutter. There's that. I haven't watched it yet. So it's about a record. Same thing. A record. Mm-hmm. And I know we're going off on a tangent here, but that's what we mm. do at Haunted Hangover. <laughs> but that's, there. There's a record where a girl is hired. To find, I don't, I've only seen it once, and this was like three years ago, so I don't remember every detail. But she's hired, similar to Norman Reedus's character in this, um, to find this record, and the record kills people. And everyone that's listened to it, it's supposed to be the most beautiful thing in the world, or something along those lines. And everyone that's listened mm. to it has died, and she's trying yeah. to find it. And, and everyone that goes near it, something happens. People are murdered. This, that, and third. So it's, you're right. Now that I think about it, after you telling me that, Manny, mm-hmm. it makes sense. They're not really ripping off. They're just using this basic concept and yeah. adapting it to whatever media they want. Medium yep. they want: music, film. Yep. I'm sure there's fucking clothing. I, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I need book. to watch the. I need to watch Dead Wax. Then I've I've been working on a, uh, you know, bouncing around the idea of a yeah. script about a record as well. Yeah. Uh, about it, like an urban explorer. So it's on Shutter. Who, yeah. I would watch that. It's yeah, on Shutter. I, they, I don't I think they renewed like it for short a episodes. Yeah, they're like 15 minutes each. I don't think oh, they, yeah. they renewed it for a second season, which was a bummer because I. From what I remember, because it came out like three years ago, four years ago, I enjoyed it. I thought it was, you mm-hmm. know, it was a, it was a, it was a decent story, and just I liked, mm-hmm. you know, this girl on the hunt for this record, kind of yeah. like what's happening in this with with the film, you know. Um, but let's jump back into yeah, into the actual episode. cigarette burns episode, uh, mm-hmm. and I want to talk a little bit about the cast and the performances, <laughs> and and I want to talk the, the, the who stands out to me the most in this episode is Udo Kier. Because he's yeah. fucking great in this. Like, he's phenomenal. He is. And he's that so opening... You know, you look at Udo Kier now, and he's kind of like a punchline and a joke. You know, every time he pops up in a movie, he's like, oh, it's Udo Kier being Udo Kier. Like, you know, weird. I think he was like in a Puppet Master episode. Oh, that episode. He's movie, still... He say. was Udo Kier in this. Yes. Yeah, he <laughs> I just still remember Udo Kier. him in Ace Ventura when I saw him. I was like, <laughs> I was like oh, yeah, it's that guy. <laughs> The, the weird guy, yeah, but yeah. he's been at Sammy. He's been around like he was in like Andy no, I Warhol, know, but like that's Dracula, what I, that's what I remember movies. him yeah. the most of. Yeah, no, for sure, I get that. Um, but he, I think he's great in this because he's Suspiria. not. Oh yeah, Suspiria. Come on, that's like even though he's dumb. Everybody in that, forgets him in Suspiria. It's one like, scene. It's so random. I know, <laughs> yeah. like one scene, but like wow, one scene, and he's they they changes the him. whole thing. No, they yeah, overdubbed him because they didn't like did. his accent. So it's like it's hilarious. Not even his voice, but. He's great in this, especially in that mm-hmm. first act, the scene where, he, you know, he's deadpan, obviously, again, being Udo Kier, but he's good in it. I will admit, when he's cutting out his intestines, spoiler alert, Hello. whatever, 
it's a little ridiculous, but <laughs> a little ridiculous. <laughs> it's a little it's, ridiculous. It's one Very of my ridiculous. few issues. That's one of my few issues with it that this gets a little cheesy. I like, I, I absolutely <laughs> love the story. I love this whole thing. On top of that, one more to connect to connect to. I feel like this movie is um, begotten. I love oh, begotten. begotten. Yeah. Always loved Begotten. It is like my favorite yeah. art film. I actually film saw ever, that with you for the ever. first time a long time Pro- ago. <laughs> probably. I've been, it's another film that I've been obsessed with. And the first time I saw Cigarette Burns, I said, it's almost as if we're hunting Begotten. Begotten, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, have Sam, you ever I seen Begotten? Sister, yeah, I don't think Sam knows no. about Begotten. No, it's on, yeah, it's on YouTube. It's about an hour long. It was an experimental film made in 91 by um, Elias Merhij, who did, okay. um, he did uh, Shadow of the Vampire mm-hmm. with William Defoe about the making of Nosferatu. Okay. Um, it's a good but, movie. Uh, yeah. Begotten is total experimental film. Okay. Like, oh my God. And you can watch it on YouTube. Mother is based on Begotten. Yeah, Mother watch is. Mother. That, I, mother. Remember, I remember hearing about that, but I don't yes. think, that, um, Arno- is it Aronofsky? Yeah. He, Aronofsky, yeah, 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 yes. he, I don't think he, does he say that it was yes. his inspiration? Does he? I don't, I don't think it I've ever could- read an interview where he mentions Begotten. <laughs> oh yes, he's mentioned he it. He, oh. he didn't mention it. He didn't mention it. I don't know if he mentioned it in in reference to Mother, but um, when you watch Mother and you don't yeah. like when people get confused about it, just read literally read the credits yeah. of Begotten. <laughs> I like and Mother. then watch and then watch Mother and realize it's the same characters that they're well, all in it. It's the whole story about the rape of Mother Earth and yeah. the. Um, destruction of god and man becoming god and all that um <laughs> it's so funny too because i feel like back then like years ago years like 15 20 years ago i feel like even when we would watch movies you and i manny it would always be like on either vhs it was hard to, i remember when you had like ross williams you had a copy of I still it still have and pig. it was like yeah. that's like impossible i think it's on youtube now maybe but that's like a really hard uh yeah. like film to find you know it's a more mm-hmm. no, most notorious one again to kind of go back to that. i know we're bouncing around but I just came to mind. Remember when Marilyn Manson had a video that was so disgusting and violent, yeah. and it I came back, that. it came to light recently <laughs> because of all the allegations and shit going on with yeah. them. But like, I remember that was like, oh, he yeah. spits in a girl, they're peeing on her, they're, mm-hmm. they're doing all yeah. violent. Then he, did remember, a, then he did another one. Him and Eli Roth and Lana Del Rey did one. Yeah, yeah. But I remember that first one. Like people were like, oh no, like he couldn't yeah. release it. It was so vile and disturbing and disgusting. But whatever, that's Marilyn yeah. Manson. I don't think I don't think people want to I don't think people want to hear us talk about him anymore. Unfortunately, no. <laughs> with everything he's done, you, so you know what? He's always been a scumbag. Yeah. He admitted to being a scumbag. If anybody who's surprised that he's a scumbag, you yeah, haven't been paying attention the, in the last it. thirty years. Yes. I'm like, yeah, are we, what are like, we shocked about? I read his book when I was nineteen years old, talking about throwing baloney on some girl's ass in the yeah. backstage. It's like he's always been a piece of shit. Why does yeah. this surprise yeah, you? You know, weird. I made my qualms with the fact that I liked his the mutant music of an asshole a long time ago same you know? here yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry yeah so, but anyway so, yeah. Yeah, Udo, Sa- sammy what did you think of udo here in this i don't think we got your thoughts on oh, him specifically you know you know me when it comes to like going over these episodes i always i always like to put a good emphasis on the acting of yeah even though you know a lot of these these shows that's not we're not going to get superb acting i feel like most of the time uh, Udo, I think, was great, um, especially when he's ripping out his intestines. Because <laughs> to be to be honest, for a hot second, I wasn't quite sure 
I think you're intended to not quite to, to not quite know what exactly it is he's doing. I'm like, is he cutting off his dick? Is he? Is this, he's <laughs> he's, he's fucking the film. It looks and like he's fucking it. Like, oh man, I love it. I had I no love idea so much. what he was doing, and I know that was that had to be intentional. Um, I think he was the best part of the episode. On the other hand. There's Norman Reedus. Her baby, actually, Norman Reedus. <laughs> I actually do. I do Her really bebe. like uh, Norman Reedus. Everybody, everybody had a thing for Daryl Dixon at some point. This is pre-Walking Dead, too. Fuck this is Darryl pre-Walking Dixon. Dead. Just a few years before. Not that. Not like a you know decade. Boondock even. Saints. Fuck Daryl Dixon. Yeah. <laughs> Boondock Saints is what everybody Boondock fell in Saints love with him. Was was one was my first lesson. Listen, but it's so his funny. acting yeah. in this episode is fucking terrible. Yeah, he's not. He's oh not, he's my not god, he's dying. He, my my biggest my biggest bone to pick is just kind of like his under his underreaction in most of the things yeah. that are going on. And this is yeah. like a regular ass dude, you know, ex ex junkie who now is trying is behind on all this debt for this little theater. And he just watched somebody stab both of their eyes out, and he's sitting and he, there like, <laughs> "All right, I'm just gonna walk out of here." He's like, "Are you? I'm just. You if do, you don't you, mind, buddy. I'm gonna walk right around <laughs> you." And he is. Uh, he has about, no reaction to any uh, of the crazy shit that happens. So, like, it's just so weird. I feel like I, I, I wanted to watch a man kind of progressively go insane, which is I feel like what they're trying to do, especially with all these flashbacks of these cigarette burns, especially given the fact that he's like constantly reminded that um his junkie ex i guess supposedly killed herself yeah um but i just feel like it there was no progression in his character it was kind of monotone from the beginning to the end now that's not a writing that's not a writing uh error that's just an acting error his performance did not show that i like to see these uh uh it's all the the direction he was given too oh yeah yeah. well yeah there you go Carpenter changed a lot of it too. Uh, I've, I haven't read the original script, but the original script had a lot more of the people going insane. Yeah, like a lot more. It went it apparently went more into the screenings and it went more into the history of the film. There was yeah. a lot more of that. And John Carpenter was like, "No, we got to focus on the guy. We got to right. focus yeah. on this." I'm sure they you could know? have easily. I'm sure budget this, yeah. budget made this could have been a movie. Made a big ninety minutes. It could have. It could have been. I was. It, it was. It was long. I, I just. That that to me kind of made it like a little hard to watch, <laughs> which <laughs> again <laughs> is so sad because I love him so much. But my God, it was just—it was a it's, tough one. It's funny to see Norman Reedus in something now. Like Manny said, Boondock Saints. But and I know there's people Boondock that love Saints. that movie, but but, but Norman Reedus Boondock is kind Saints of too. it's which is weird. Hey, Norman me. Reedus is Norman Reedus to me, like no, in I most agree. of what or all of what he does. But I, I feel like there's two points in Norman Reedus's. There's the pre-Walking Dead, and because all he yeah. does now is Walking Dead, and I feel like his yeah. career. Yeah, he doesn't need to do anything else. But yeah, I feel like that's exactly what he's going to be known for. Like he's just going to be known for the Walking Dead now, and everyone's going to forget mm-hmm. all the shit. Maybe besides Boondock Saints. Yeah, like no, people he's forgot before. Boondock Saints a long time ago. Yeah, but it's it's just sad that that's it like, is. And I'm not a Walking Dead fan. I watched like the first two or three seasons. I know Manny's never watched the show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, Manny? You've no. never watched it, right? Yeah. Not a single so. episode. <laughs> not one so, single episode. You know, and for me, it's kind of like, 
whatever. It is what it is. He is I mean, a little... he built he built his character. He built this this career based on this character. I get I it. Don't think he needs to do as long as they keep no, putting them no. out. He's gonna keep doing it. I don't. He's gonna blame get his own him. show apparently. I mean, I he, he just that. he had that that huge contract for that video game too. Let's not forget yeah. that. Yeah, we don't um, know if they're gonna do that. that. That's the a other lot of woman. money there. Oh the yes, other the woman, other woman canceled. The other woman, left, t- yeah, she, she pulled out of the show, so yeah, I don't know if they're going to do it, it now. Um, I, but yeah, to go back to him, his acting, I will say he is pretty horrible. The scene that it's stands out to me the most, that's kind of rough to watch, is when he's the first interaction he has with the father, with the father-in-law, mm-hmm. where he like flips him off. He's like, "I'll get you your money," and then he like flips him off, and it's like awkward. It's like who flips someone? Like that's not. He could have just been like. Fuck you. It's 2005, bro. Yeah, I know. So he's going to give you edge hit you with the double bird behind your yeah. back. And that's yeah. kind of like, I hate my father-in-law. Because <laughs> I also feel that- like, I, sorry, it's just. I, I <laughs> she is annoyed. <laughs> she is annoyed. I, I also feel like, again, when we're talking about this character progression, like we go back to when he was a user and we can assume now that he's no longer using, he cleans himself up and he looks like he just put on a white shirt. Like he doesn't cut, <laughs> he doesn't get his hair cut. He looks, he doesn't have shave his face. I just don't. I like. The, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm. We had enough budget at least to fucking do that. Cut his goddamn yeah, yeah. hair you know, you for the could, sake of it. We could even. I hate to do it, but you could put it on Carpenter. He didn't want to direct, and, and that's and what Carpenter that's where like, it comes. Yeah, I mean, besides besides the fact that Redis clearly just dialed a lot of it in, it mm-hmm. seems like maybe Carpenter dialed it in. Like, yeah. he just Possibly. he was just there. Just wanted to get and, it done. Like, because Redis could have turned up his performance on his own. You don't need a director yeah. to tell you to work, to do more, to put your, Not you know, you, but that's as what an a actor, you can for. feel it. Yes, yes. Yeah. But that's but that's when the director is looking for a vision. As an yeah. actor in and of yourself, you can tell when you're giving everything or if you feel of like, course. I could do better. Let's try that again. Yeah, yeah, you can you can feel that. So he totally could have turned it up on his own. Udo Kier was himself the way he, he Udo Kier put Udo in Kier. what he does all the time. You know, yeah. Um, I love. So I do. I did really. He's like, always on. I did really like the episode. I will say mm. that I like this this whole concept. Very like theater of the absurd. The, and and then then they kind of get into snuff films too. And uh, I I did like it a lot. Um, I though. With me, the whole like uh, the whole spiritual part of it, like having the angel and the wings cut off. Mm-hmm. Mm, I don't know. We take, didn't really didn't need, need it. it. Yeah. I feel like I feel like I we didn't need it, and I would have maybe enjoyed a little more if we didn't have that. However, if you're gonna put it in there, I feel like we need more kind of like religious references throughout the episode. You yeah. know what I mean? We kind of I I didn't it didn't click to me right away that that was the same wings for the same creature and that the angel gets it took me a while to understand what was going on there. But yeah. I I feel like you're going to start off with showing like this angel getting its wings um ripped off. I thought I was expecting some kind of foreshadowing for it being some a more like spiritual godly yeah. evangelical kind of experience. So that was also like a little misleading um but that that's just that's just me personally. Yeah. I just kind of like you have that first five minutes to really show me what I'm about to watch. You know yeah, what I mean? I, so I, I was a little confused by that yeah. that little moment. I, 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 can, I see what you're saying. I can admit too that um my my whole thing with this, with the King in Yellow stuff and begotten, I put it on the film myself. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I fill in those holes 
as I'm watching it, like I'm seeing what I want to see in it. You, you can know, interpret so, it a different, your own way. Exactly. You want. I, Which like is what, whole, the, yes, of course. Yeah. Yeah. That's what, yeah, that's to, what you to get me. to do. Yeah. yeah. That's why it wor- That's why that works for me. I can totally see it not working for somebody else because mm-hmm. you're right. They're not explaining it. The fact that he, he makes a deal with the devil and the devil kidnaps an angel mm-hmm. and, the angel, and he brings the angel to him and they rip off the wings of the mm-hmm. angel. Cause what happens in that lore is when you rip off the wings of an angel, they become human. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, uh, but as long as this film survives, that angel is around. And that's what he says. Because when, a part when, of the film. Yeah. He yeah. says, exactly. He's a part of the film. So they're all they're all connected, <clears throat> uh, which is so when he gives the film to the angel in the end, you can assume the angel's going to go now. He's going to burn the film so he can finally die. And yeah. be free. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That's why um, he says at the very end. I think thank he's you. like, thank he's you like, for yes. this. Yeah. 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 So. Mm-hmm. And, and all those things are very, she, you're absolutely right. It's very lightly peppered mm-hmm. on there it's it could have been sh- eliminated it could have been yeah, completely cut yeah out. so i'll i'll well i don't know if it could be cut out because that's the curse of the film itself well, yeah, they that's, could, the, they could po- that's the point it, yeah. Yeah. yeah it should have been heavier and i get I, I totally that's what i think that. I, yeah. I i i like it but i i yeah. i wanted more you want to um, lay it on thick give me yeah, some heavy just, mail if you're gonna he- heavy do mustard. it <laughs> if you're gonna have a wingless angel in shackles i mean i really am expecting that to kind of be like, no, yeah. where did and, he get this angel? Did we ever get to see any of me, that? And what brings me back to Carpenter as well is um, that shot where you have Udo standing there and you see the wings behind him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They didn't even plan that. Mm-hmm. The wings were supposed to be at another spot in it and they could, and it just, did, for whatever reason, it didn't fit or something on the set and they just stuck them on the wall. I did and then Udo, that. And then Udo walked in front of them and they were like, oh, look at that. That's great. And I'm like, wait a minute, Mr. Carpenter. <laughs> How did you not see this? How did you not walk in the room and go, you're going to stand in front of that? He didn't block Udo here to do that. Yeah. Udo mm-hmm. did that on his own. And it was just like a whole accidental thing, which makes me like, back to that whole like, well, wait a minute. How much effort did you as a director really put in? Or did you just kind of, mm-hmm. you know what? I've been doing this 40 years. I could do this in my sleep. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, you know, we're if just going to shoot this over whatever and yeah. get it done. If you think about it, Carpenter directed this. He, he directed, hated it too when he, it was done. He, I, I he don't, hated I, it. I, I then, don't even remember that. Yes, he hates um, it, and then he talks. Then he was. Then, then he suddenly liked it again. But then, then he, he did hates pro it life. Again. The second season, the pro mm-hmm. life episode. He yeah. directed one film after this, The War, which is same writer too. Yes, and he has not worked on a film since. So yeah. this was towards the end of Carpenter working. He was trying to get a couple checks. Mm-hmm. I like The Ward too. You know, yeah. I, I don't remember. Is that like is that Amber Heard? No. Yes. Is it Amber Heard? I don't yep. remember. It's Amber um, Heard and, and the Rasmussen some, brothers. Speaking of speaking <laughs> of someone else that uh, is going yep. is doing things, yep. uh, but yeah, I can I can agree. You know, it's 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 a good story overall. I think it's well. The story itself is what saves this episode. It's mm-hmm. it's intriguing. The whole yeah. film. Um, it is a little lazy. I think Udo Kier hamming it up in those scenes and being Udo Kier definitely save it. Very and, hammy. And, yeah, and I and I feel like. Even looking at it now, like watching Norman Reedus's performance, I can let it slide for what it is. Like yeah. for what it is, it's a John yeah. Carpenter piece. I think the music is pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought Cody Carpenter. You know, it's not. It sounds. He it's sounds a little like repetitive, dad. though. It yeah. sounds great, but that piano, just like every three over minutes, where here it comes again yeah. and again and again. It's like yeah. okay, I get it. It's weird. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, once we get it. Uh, it's weird. I want I want to talk about a couple of things here before we wind down on this Please. episode. But uh, first things <laughs> first, notes. that scene 
with the guy with the leather mask when he goes to pick uh, up the pieces. Let's talk about that. <laughs> the pieces. Dino Velvet. Yeah, it was like Dino Velvet. Yes, <laughs> Dino Velvet. But that scene, uh, I love the setup of that scene where he tells the, ca- the, 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 the taxi cab driver, stay mm-hmm. outside. I'll be out in 10 minutes. He goes inside. And he's talking to the dude. He has a box full of, I guess, memorabilia. It's supposed to be that he, yes. he doesn't own the film. He collects no. pieces. He has he photos. Said he's, yeah, he's, Didn't he yeah. say he's that the, the director like gave it to him? Yes. Yeah, so uh, he said it was like well, he gifted no, it to him? Bakovic's widow. Bakovic's oh, widow. Oh, That's yes. How he okay. He's in contact. He's basically been harassing her for years for yes. things. And she gives okay. him things just to shut him up. Just to leave me the fuck yeah. alone. And you he know? wants to so. be a filmmaker, too. Yeah. That's kind of his whole thing. But, but he, he doesn't want to, want to be a filmmaker because he does because he Hollywood. hates the fakeness of yes, Hollywood. Hollywood. Yeah. And the only thing he wants real. He only he believes in real. real things. Yes. Snuff well, is art. <laughs> well, I do want to talk about in that scene where two things. First things first. What did you guys think of the decapitation? I thought it was pretty terrible. good. Terrible. You thought it was terrible? It wasn't hard. It was all right. <sighs> It, I, I like that he initial, couldn't quite get through right yeah. away. I thought that yeah. was more realistic. He was Which like, is hey, cool. Give yes. it a few tries. <laughs> But she I doesn't enjoyed. move. He yeah. hits her and she doesn't move. Because they clearly <laughs> shot it in reverse where he yeah. pulls the thing mm-hmm. out. But but like you just gotta do it. And I am my my camera's reverse. I'm trying to do it, but it's like you gotta go move with it a bit. Yeah. yeah so like yeah. he hits her and she, and it's and like hitting a brick wall. Over, she, yeah. she doesn't no, but her her head doesn't even move. Yeah. Like the, the blade hits her in the neck and she just sits still and and then it's uh, it's almost like you, <laughs> what did you pause the film? Like <laughs> Yeah. It's, a, it, it's really cheaply done. And then he pulls her head off and the blood just keeps squirting across. Well, yeah, it's, it's, which is, which it, is fine it looks, in some It looks like movies. an 80s effect. It looks like yeah, an effect here, from But the we're 80s, here for the gore. Which I, appre- I They're going to do that. It. Yes. And I'm, no, and I'm fine with it. The problem is it doesn't fit the tone of the story. Yeah, like, yeah it, doesn't, it does come it does, out of It's not a realistic blood effect. Yeah. And, and once again, Norman Reedus, completely expressionless. Just sit there. Just watch somebody get their fucking head chopped off. He's not dramatic at all. She, yeah, she gets her head cut off. He t- pulls the glass off. Snuff isn't art. That's what you have to say. <laughs> yeah. That's what that's what you have to say. Yeah. This is art. He There's just no, killed your cab driver. Art. This poor woman just got decapitated. And yeah, he's just he killed chilling. the cab driver. She's dead because of him. If Are he had you let her leave, who this woman is? She's the cab driver. <laughs> oh, is that who that was? Yes, Didn't yeah, exactly. Even another. Didn't another, even notice. Another, exactly. It's another lazy piece of thing. You didn't make it clear that this is the cab driver. You also Where don't care about her because you don't. You really don't. Yeah. But realize he she's hands dead her a because, 10 and he's like, chill here yeah. for a second. Chill here because because I because you know I'm 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 afraid or why? Yeah. <laughs> he wants to make you know? a fucking run for it. If he, she's if he gets dead because chance. of your ass. She's yes. fucking dead because of you. Um <laughs> and then another aspect of this scene that I did I do enjoy, and it's ridiculous, is when he's the on top home? of you Yeah, like the, the dry, dry home. I knew, I knew you were gonna go there. I was like, Absolutely. I was dry like, home. listen, this dude went all the way with it. It's okay so being like horror movie fans, it's it's very hard to really make us uncomfortable, right? Uh-huh. So uh, something like this is going to make you a little bit uncomfortable. His hands covered in blood, he's rubbing his mouth. I'm like, are you guys going to make out or what? Are we going to do then, this? But then the bad happen. tattoo kind of ruins it all. Oh, the film, oh, the film strip. Badass, oh, badass with the film strip. Like, Pretty cheesy. But, you know what? <laughs> it is cheesy. But look at the, I, look at the guy. It, it was like perfect. That's what yeah. that's what doesn't. But see, but that's it. For me, it didn't work for him. I like. Yeah. I actually like the idea of the tattoo. But yeah. on him, it's like, okay, dude. Now you've you've gone into you hate cheese. film. You've gone into cheese. <laughs> but you have it. film tattooed on you. Could, exactly. I, like, I really <laughs> you know? liked it. I like that you know? whole scene. I like that. I like that, that scene. He, I he, he, 
he sh- I feel like he should have been in the in in he should have been in the film crew with Cecil B. Demented. He pulls up his nipple. Hans Bakovic right there. <laughs> Yo, dude, he's the he's the character that was he's supposed to be in Cecil B. Demented. They deleted yes, him out of the movie. Right. <laughs> exactly. And that's that's what I feel like. That's what that I tattoo. got, like these whole like neo-Nazi kind of vibes. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, I think that's like what they that. were going for. I think they yeah. were going for oh, totally. like the snuff. His whole belly was he like walked belly first. He was like Very, no. shirtless. He had I to love be shirtless. It. Yeah. So, it was so what you're so what you're saying is the guys who made Serbian film like this too. Yes. Dude, that's <laughs> yeah. what this reminded me of. I was Serbian like, wait a film. second. Wait this a second. Dino Velvet in a Serbian film. <laughs> oh, listen. Yep. A Serbian film is a, a another it's film I watched with Manny. Stupid. is a stupid movie. It's a dumb movie. It's I dumb. watched it. I was just curious. Just it's like stupid. everybody else in this movie. It's like, mm-hmm. you know that it's so absurd, but you're still like a little... It's too absurd. It's it, too, to me. It, it's really just there for shock value. It's extreme. It. Yeah, it's an extreme. It's, it's just, just an even... But it's beautifully made. It's absolutely yes. freaking gorgeous. Yes. If you want to see one, have you seen Trauma, the Spanish film Trauma? I've seen Trauma with you. <laughs> I don't no, think not Argento's Trauma. No, no, I think I've watched no. this Trauma too. Oh, no? Maybe no, it's only like couple years old oh no, no, no I haven't watched it's a other. new film trauma i'm thinking like, of shram like, no yeah, yeah shram is yeah shram. yeah no this is a spanish film from 2015 2016 or so i gotta you check know, it maybe out, 2017 man. it's uh pretty sure it's on tubi wow this puts serbian film to shame gotta watch the it. extremity of this this is an uncomfortable hard oh it takes wow. itself serious Yes. Okay. Because it's right. also based on a true story. Oh, all right. It's based on true events. It's based on, uh, I think it was in Venezuela uh, okay. or or Peru. There was a really extreme militant uh, takeover of the government. Mm-hmm. And they just abused citizens. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. You know, Sounds so they, they weave, yeah, they weave a the story during like, this. At a certain point, and it's not, it's not a matter of like, do I like enjoy it? It's just, yeah, it's, I, I don't. No, things don't really make me uncomfortable anymore. It's kind of the same concept of like how we're so obsessed with like serial killers and they're just pu- yeah, they're just course. throwing out these documentaries like and she had her eyelids ripped off and shoved into her nostril and you're like, "Oh, tell me more." <laughs> like you just want to you want to be taken to that place where it can really be that bad because in your everyday life, you don't you're not doing shit like that. Yeah, um, yeah. So course. so I mean, you know, things like little things like that I I kind of I, that's why I like this episode because it's of this whole idea of this absurd film. It's like so so really quick. We'll start with Manny. So, what's your favorite? Just one of your favorite moments or thing about about this episode about cigarette burns? Uh, well, uh, clearly the whole curse part of it. But yes. I think my favorite scene is the critic. Yes. This critic who was <gasps> oh my god, at, I forgot about him. Yes. yes. The critic who is at the screening. And he's been writing a review for 30 years. That's wild. He's so obsessed and just completely engulfed by this 30 fucking years. He's been doing nothing but writing about this. Yeah, it's really intriguing. and, And like there's implications there. That mm-hmm. again probably could have been laid on a little heavier, but mm-hmm. maybe the writer wants you to think about it. Where yeah. if this guy's been now, imagine, imagine, put yourself in this writer's shoes, and you are singularly focused on this, on this film for the last thirty years, doing nothing but writing a review. Does this guy eat? Does he no. sleep? Does he <laughs> do anything? If he doesn't, how is he still alive? 
Hmm. You know, like he's so completely obsessed with this. Can you actually see him stopping and going to get a burger in the middle no. of this? And you know, they like keep it ambiguous. I get exactly. that. I do like that so, too. Now that I think yeah, about you would it. have so, to. Yeah, you have yeah, to. Really so pick that in up. my mind, one of those things I put on it is the fact that he has literally been sitting at this typewriter for thirty years, and he's supernaturally still alive. That's you know, I didn't take it scene, like that at all. I yeah, did it. Now I'm enough. now yeah. I'm like I, I'm really thinking about like, it. At least that's why I love this. There's I could put so much into it that fills in the holes and just makes it so much more than it probably was ever meant to be. Yeah, <laughs> you're overthinking but, it in a way. But I'm that's totally overthinking. Yeah, a good but thing. I'm exactly. So I'm building it up to a whole lot more than it actually is. But I but that's what I love about it that it it gives that room where you can interpret that. And I feel like it's, the best uh, some of the best films can do that. When when I when that. When I watch that scene and like uh, Kirby, he comes in and he like the first paper he grabs, my immediate comment was like, how is it that the first paper he grabs is a review? <laughs> that's so, I was like, that's so stupid. But then you, when you find out that he's just been doing this, it's, what, it's all, all of it's them every, are reviews. It's all a review. <laughs> I laughed. I thought, honestly thought it was so funny. But I, but it's, it's, and it's such like a cliche character too. It's like, I'm going to come to the door. I need to talk to you. I'm not talking to anybody. It's about the review. All right. Come on in. Come on in. See, there's there's another thing. What is he? He's got a buzzer on his log cabin? Oh, why was he that? I don't know. Maybe he's I'm got a, he, No, he does. He's in he the did, middle of the right? night and he, buzzes, he does buzz him in. Upstate New York. Like, Wait a minute. You know, but that also means, it also puts it more to that this guy never, he doesn't even stand up. Like, he sits yeah. there. Like, how, yeah, did, yeah. how the papers got across the room. Like, you know, it's very, it, it almost oh, puts man. me in that shining, that shining thing where yeah. like, where when you watch the shining, you realize that, that the typewriter is reloading itself. Oh, yeah. The paper just reappears in the typewriter. He never actually loads the typewriter but somehow there's always paper in it you yeah. know it, it 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 brings me to that kind of mindset of what's happening that's not being told you know yeah. and and if you if you if you just expand out on that character you start to realize holy shit this guy should be dead yeah They're, again you know? keeping it ambiguous ambiguous yeah. is probably the smartest thing to do when telling mm -hmm. the story i will say they do have a shot of his like nasty teeth i guess to confirm that he's not he has showering he's his teeth not taking he, care of yeah. himself he's got like all his yeah let's make it look like yeah. he hasn't bathed in a couple of a couple of yep. years and there you go he's just sitting there writing this imagine review. what that place smelled like oh, oh. I don't Redis, even Redis know. didn't. Redis did not sell the smell. There's no, no sell. Yeah. That was no the one sell. thing he could have sold a little more. Yeah, Come he on, okay. Like, no. Do you need a sandwich? God damn! I don't want to come in here at all. I don't. I don't. This this the stench. Do you need here. a sandwich? Did not sell it. <laughs> Sammy, what about you? What what's the like the one moment or thing you you love? Um, I guess your favorite like, thing about this episode. I I. Okay, I have two things. I'll be quick though. Um, I like that we. We see the, what's the, Bakovich? Is that his, mm -hmm. his Bakovic, name is? Yeah. Bakovic. I like that they show him. Because uh, yeah. throughout, throughout the whole kind of episode, I kind of took it as this is some mysterious sick son of a bitch who did this movie and blah, blah, blah. And we never actually get to see him. But then you like go to the wife's house and there's like pictures of him everywhere. Mm -hmm. And then she gets to talking to him and he's just like a regular dude. He like yeah. got into his own trap. Um, so I kind of, I actually like that they showed him. Um, and a really gratifying moment for me is when, um, Kirk, uh, Norman Reedus Kirby's Kirby kills himself. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm sorry to say it. I'm sorry. I'm laughing, but I think because I, 
I, I brought up several times how, like, I just kind of didn't see enough progression from his character. I was just kind so of waiting for him. No, no, no. <laughs> oh, no. no, I was, like, waiting for him to just, like, show me that he was mad and show me that he goes crazy. And it was just in that, in that hard 65 seconds of him just, like, bashing the dad's head mm-hmm. in the ground and shooting yeah. himself where I'm, like, finally... We see him gone bad, you know, like it's, it, it was, it was like what I needed to just kind of seal it all in for me. So to speak. But that was probably my favorite part of it. No, those are I'm sorry to ones. say it that way. I didn't mean it like, you know. <laughs> no. I love the but, part where he blows his brains out. That's my favorite part but of the it was, whole episode. But it was finally like the, the level of madness yeah. that I like was craving throughout. It's the it. one time he shows real emotion where he's upset yeah. and yeah. he's had enough. No, I, yeah. I agree. It's that's also kind his of epiphany. missing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah um, that's his epiphany where he realizes that she's going to be tortured as long as And he said that, right? He was like, I'm going to yeah. be with you now or like it's over or something like so that. As long yeah. as we keep remembering yeah. you or thinking about you, something along those lines, we, exactly. she's never going to be free or something like that. Yeah. It seems like she's trapped in the film is kind of what they're trying to say mm-hmm. in the cigarette burns. Uh, one one quick thing that I loved and it's a moment that, that you know, in this episode that I really enjoyed was the projectionist, his friend that works at the theater. Yeah. How he collects cigarette burns from different films. <laughs> I think it's the coolest, like, little collection. Yeah. Oh, yeah. it's so cute. But, but, that guy's a fucking asshole. Yeah. <laughs> He's a fucking asshole. Can you imagine being the projectionist who gets the film print after Afterwards, them? And, like, yeah. you don't know when to switch the reel? I think that's what he, his point. He says he wants it to be yes, chaos. It's he anarchy. Says that. It's, it's anarchy. Like, that's but that, what he says. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, what a fucking what asshole. A what a dick. What a fucking yeah. asshole. You know? Yeah. Could you imagine? Could you imagine watching a movie? You sit in a theater, you watch yeah. Suspiria, and the and the projectionist doesn't know. So, so we're just about to see uh, 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 Helena Marcos, and this film goes out because the projectionist missed the burn. <laughs> the projectionist missed the hole. Oh, my God. You're right. <laughs> Suddenly, it's like, what an asshole. And, and that character, but, too. It, it was just cool. And I feel yes, like they, if yes. this was a film, like a feature-length 90-minute or two-hour-long film, they probably would have done more with him. Because he yeah. kind of yeah. just disappears halfway through it, yeah, he, and he calls yeah, he him does. at the end. And we get rid of him it. on the on the telephone. Like, yeah. oh, yeah, I'll take care of it. Don't worry about it. It's no, like no, no, I'm not mad way. at you. <laughs> he probably would have been killed, or something would have happened if this mm-hmm. was like a yeah. feature-length, you know, film. I feel like, yeah. but I just thought that was an interesting little character quirk. He's like and the I, only character it. that's not killed or hurt in the movie he's the only one everybody mm-hmm. else is affected or damaged or something in yeah. some way he's an asshole you know? like the rest of them yeah. he just doesn't yes. get killed but yeah, he doesn't you know <laughs> so so let's uh let's wrap it up here and, and, and close up uh, close off uh cigarette burns any any final thoughts on this episode manny anything you want to say just kind of to close it out i want to know um Henri, the french guy your favorite yeah. um <laughs> Yes, <laughs> your favorite. Uh, him and him and Kirby, like he's known him for a long time. Yeah, he goes in. Oh, you know, I see you're on the you're on the hunt again in this terrible dialogue scene. But <laughs> how many years has you known him and he hasn't taken his hand out of his pocket to show you it's burned? Yeah, that's so weird. Like, I was like, wait, where did this suddenly come from? Like he's had his hand in the pocket the whole time, but you've known him for years. Does he always have his hand in his pocket? Yeah, like, I guess so. How have you known this guy for years? You didn't know that he's only got one fucking hand. Like. <laughs> That is pretty. You know what's funny? Where's, I didn't think about that until right that? now. <laughs> so. God, he's had this burned hand for fucking you know ten oh years or so. Yeah. <laughs> That's how it is. I have a final thought to your final thought. What about uh, that? What Norman about Reedus is in so much. Sorry, Kirby is in so much financial debt in this uh, episode, but he was able to fly to Paris. 
British well, Columbia, well, upstate Udo New York. Play, pays for all yes. that. He tells him. Yes. Udo he pays for all this. It's $200,000 yeah, $200, plus expenses. Yeah. Plus expenses. You, you missed that, that detail. Yes. <laughs> all right. I thought I got him. Yeah. Yeah. But, um. I thought I got him. <laughs> No, but it's still like, dude, that's it, two hundred grand. That's all you want for this. Udo Kier just admitted to you he's dying and he wants to see this yeah. film one well, more time. Well, that's because he owes Where's his money the dad two hundred grand. Exactly. So, so he, exactly. he's paying it. You got off the exact. You would think that, like, okay, I got this exact money. I could pay this guy Crazy off. Some interest. <laughs> but clearly, but clearly, the theater does not make money anyway. It's clearly yeah. a failing theater. Why not ask Let for like go. three or four hundred? Here's your two hundred thousand, and now I have money to keep the theater open, dude. He's really not looking ahead he's <laughs> like this Udo Kier's dying what's he gonna do with his money yeah like he wants he'll do anything oh for this one God. film these are script wanted. plot details yes. that they yes. fucked up on when writing this one that's exactly these plot what holes. it is these huge plot holes. holes they completely missed these they rushed through it first draft that's all we need yes. we didn't need another run through of it uh, but yes. real quick would you guys recommend this episode would you recommend it as an introduction to Masses of Harda and to end it here I would I, would. I, would I think too. it's one of the strongest episodes of the season and all these all these things considered that just says exactly what the quality of the rest of the show is and all these <laughs> issues and this is still one of the best episodes we still enjoy you know it. <laughs> there are a lot of really crappy episodes like the first episode was terrible the on yeah. and off a of mountain road I, I don't remember that. it. Yeah, I don't remember That's it That's the much. slasher. It's the slasher with the car on the, the mountain. The moonhead guy or something with the teeth, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, been a I while. I absolutely hated that. I'm like, this is episode one. This is what we start with? Are you <laughs> fucking kidding me? <laughs> I'm sure we'll be revisiting this series eventually. Maybe yeah. we'll jump into that one. Uh, what about you, Sammy? Do you think, uh, I, would you recommend this? Yeah, I would recommend it. I think, I think I'd recommend it. Um Especially like that you haven't really, like, you haven't really watched the show, or you're not you're not that familiar with it. I, I mean, do I, like you want to watch other episodes because of yeah, this episode? I do, okay. I do for sure. Because, like I said, I, I do remember watching it in high school, but that that I haven't revisited it since then, and you know I'm showing my age, but that was a long time ago. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> that was a long time ago. But, um, so yeah, no, this yeah. made me want to. This made me want to go and watch all of them, even the bad ones. That's just kind of how I am, though. All right. Um, I, I, I agree with Manny and, and with you, too. I think it's a good introduction to the series. Um, it's not perfect, obviously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you would think yeah. if you listened to this episode that we did not enjoy this, but, but yeah. we did. No, I, I no, we, no, I definitely did. I, I you know, my my I'm always not I'm never going to hold back when it comes to the acting sure. aspects of these You're things, not supposed to. because be it's like it's kind of like it's a it's a cliche that like all horror films or shows have bad acting. And I'm like, I'm trying, we want to get out of that. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. Like the Norma Reedus has fucked us with that one. Um, <laughs> but for the most part, it, I did really like it and, and I would recommend it for sure. Yeah. So we'd recommend cigarette burns from masters of horror. I'm a bit obsessive about Le Fin Absolute Demand. Why this particular film? <laughs> I have a collection of over 8,000 films. The most extreme images, created by some of the most obscure filmmakers from around the world. I'm not about to drag you up here in the middle of the night for something that made a schoolgirl dizzy. I'm talking about real power. So that was Masters of Horror, Cigarette Burns. Manny, thank you so much for being on the show. 
Thank you for having me on the show. I'm sure you'll, you, I will have you on again on, on this one and the main show as well. Uh, where can people find you and information on tale, dark, dark Tales from Channel X? Let me get the uh, title correct there. <laughs> uh, you find all of our stuff at massgravepictures.com. All of our links, trailers, uh, everything. Um, we have our we actually have our New York premiere on June 3rd, Friday, June 3rd at 9 p.m. in Brooklyn at the Art of Brooklyn Film Festival. Uh, so come on out and join, check that out and see the film. And hopefully you guys are going to be there. You know, I'll uh, be yeah, there. Mastery of Pictures. <laughs> yep, masteryofpictures.com is everything's up there. You can find all our socials and everything. Do that. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Haunted Hangover and subscribe to our YouTube channel and check out our Patreon page, patreon.com backslash Haunted Hangover 31. And if you can rate and review us, that would be greatly appreciated. And remember, the best cure for a hangover is more booze. booze. Catch you guys later.